Hi and welcome to a bonus episode of the Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast. I'm producer Jane Neild and in just a moment, I can't help myself, I'm going to be calling Corey Perkin for an update on the situation in the USA. Let's just thank our sponsors though. Click for Vic. So great to hear that so many people have been uh, shopping locally, supporting local producers and makers and businesses and restaurants right across the festive season. Of course, click for Vic and get the best of Victoria delivered at visitvictoria.com forward slash click for Vic and let us know about your Victorian recommendations. Perhaps you've been out there travelling around regional Victoria or you've gotten some fantastic gifts or online deliveries, send us an email, feedback at don'tshootpod.com.au. Click for Vic and get the best of Victoria delivered. Corrie speaking. Corrie Perkin, it's Miss Jane in the studio. (laughs) Miss Jane, happy new year. Happy new year to you. We are recording already. Oh, okay. But we can... Hello, listeners. Corrie, I can't help it. I haven't texted uh, Caro yet, but after the events in the US over the last 24 hours, I had to speak to you. And I'm sure the listeners are thinking the same. What is Corrie thinking? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can tell you, Jane, um, my day unfolded uh, yesterday, now our time, as you and I are talking. Um, I thought, I just want to see what's happening with the Georgia vote and... Also, the um, the ratification of the Electoral College vote in the US, you know, to the combined houses were going to talk. Mike Pence was going to talk. We thought there might be a little bit of argy-bargy. We weren't sure. And my granddaughter, my brand-new granddaughter, Florence, at the age of nine days, is staying with us. And so I was up with her at 4 a.m. So, of course, what do you do when you're burping a little baby? You turn on CNN. Well, I, Florence, Florence has had an extraordinary introduction to American politics. She kept looking at me going, Mopsy, what's going on? What are they thinking? And no one can say that you're insane, that you're staying up all night because there's an excuse of the baby. So really, this well, is perfect there timing. there was the excuse of the baby, yeah. And, it, and look, it was really good because I was allowed to, you know, I could let Will and Libs have, have a little bit of a sleep in. But look, Jane, it, was, it, it sort of went from... Um, you know, watching people like Ted Cruz kind of raise these extraordinary allegations that there had been some terrible misappropriation of voting and the whole thing was a scam. And, you know, him standing up in the House, in the Senate, talking about that to thinking, look, he hasn't got a leg to stand on, but why are we listening to this? It's just a perpetuation of lies and fibs that have been proven to be wrong. And then all of a sudden, the CNN cameras went to outside the Capitol building and we thought peaceful protest, you know, the police are there, that's okay. The first thing that sort of hit you was the barricades were so close to the building. Now, that has subsequently people have talked about that. The officials have, um, particularly the Washington mayor, has come out damning the security. But why were the barricades so close to the building? And, of course, the crowds could get through there. And then, of course, where were the police? And... um, and then it just went from, I don't know whether you were watching it live or any of our potties, but it went from just sort of slightly concerning to all of a sudden breaking windows and storming through and, um, you know, footage of policemen and security guards being overpowered. We're just so incredibly lucky that um, that there wasn't more injury. 
Yeah, so the, the strange thing for me, Corrie, was I wasn't watching it on television. I wasn't watching it live. I didn't have access to um, any, you know, cable TV or anything. I actually listened last night to the New York Times, the daily podcast. As, yeah, it wasn't that compelling. Oh, I've just had the shivers up the back of my spine. So I would recommend um, listeners an assault on the Capitol is the episode. But basically, of course, you know, I'm thinking, oh, it sounds bad from what I'm hearing. I'm not going to watch the footage. I'm going to listen. And Emily Cochran, one of the New York Times um, reporters, was in the building and they had audio that was being recorded as this happened. And I was thinking for the first time, like there is so much media and people watching, but you're speaking there about the lack of security. There was policemen taking selfies with protesters walking in. It's it's really weird. And, you know, as as many people have pointed out, uh, so this is certainly not an original thought, but if it had been a Black Lives Matter or, uh, you know, an African-American protest, oh, by God, it would have just been so, so heavily handed and... Uh, handle heavily handled and they would have been heavy handed you know the cops and there would have been a multitude of many more of them but just getting back to um your point about emily from the from the new york times couldn't you hear in her voice the uh the the, the stress and the trauma um you know for obviously a seasoned reporter who's and reporters by nature you know we cover a lot from from car accidents to houses on fire to all sorts of dramas and tragedies but you could hear in her voice the adrenaline and the need to get the story recorded but also fearing for her life when they were all hiding um, underneath the chairs in in congress with uh, thugs at the door trying to trying to get get it open yeah and then the scenes of you know people desecrating nancy pelosi's office and Look, it's just, um, it's kind of, as um, as the Pod Save America blokes, John Favreau and Dan Pfeiffer were saying, I was listening to their podcast earlier, this kind of wasn't a surprise. Uh, you know, four years of extraordinarily bad behaviour and, and a president who has consistently thumbed his nose at the democratic processes on all levels. But, uh, but it was chilling. It was just, I don't think anybody ever thought that it would get to this. And certainly a lot of the Republicans now are realising um, that Donald Trump's inflammatory language might have been cute at the beginning, but it has had huge and important consequences. Yeah, I started listening to Pod Save America um, just before jumping on the phone to you, and they were very clear in using terms like incitement by Trump. They were very yeah. clear in in really acknowledging that this came from the top down to say, hey, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. It's going to be, you know, inciting people to go there and be part of this huge crowd against the backdrop of a pandemic, which is just so horrible to think that anyone would encourage people to and mass on large in large numbers but yeah they they're pretty clear and i think that's going to be the interesting thing isn't it in the next 24 hours that either well, he's impeached yeah. or they... yeah that's right what, how how will they how will they take the next step but um it was interesting you know kind of flicking between cnn and obviously i try and get a balanced view of these things you know onto fox and friends and all of that sort of stuff i must say fox um, for the first time that I can recall, we're, we're very critical of the president's. Oh, um, they'll be walking it back um, like you wouldn't believe. Step away. But I, was try- I was trying to sort of get a fair view of what was happening and all of that. But but the networks um, I was tuning into were very particular about at some point moving the terminology from protest and protesters to uh, to a mob and to illegal activity because, of course, we all 
believe in peaceful protest. It's part of um, why democracies thrive and why change so often occurs. And my sister-in-law, Kerry, you know, we had her on the podcast before Christmas. Um, I was speaking to her yesterday, of course, and she was riveted to the television too. And she said, you know, there were thousands of us in the women's walk, the women's march, um, just after Donald Trump uh, was elected, before he was um, installed as president. And she said we had hundreds of thousands of women and men too descending on Washington, police everywhere, peaceful protest, no... No injuries, no arrests, you know. (laughs) She said, there is a way that you can do peaceful protests. And I absolutely agree with that. But this was not a protest. And it was really um, good to hear the media, particularly the more conservative media, turning the language around to call it what it was, which was just complete thuggery. And and just, was this the storming of the Bastille? Where were we? A third world country? It was bizarre. Are you going to use the T word, though? I did hear on Radio National and uh, ABC Radio this morning that, you know, homeland terrorists, they're using the terrorist word. There are people calling for these protesters. Yeah, not protesters, terrorists. Are are you kind of at that point, Corrie, or do you think this is a whole lot of people? Well, I think so. Yeah, well, that's interesting, Jane, isn't it? um, It is a big word that you never want to throw around lightly. Uh, Obviously, they have found... uh, pipe bombs and um, there were some guns in, um, you know, some of the kit bags and I'm sure that'll unfold in the next sort of 24, 48 hours. Interestingly, not as many people at this stage have been charged as they perhaps should have been. But um, I think if somebody is storming your nation's capital, it's a public building and regardless of what side of politics you might be on, there are also hundreds of administrative workers what you might say, innocent people, people who are not taking any side, who are just doing their daily job trying to keep government going, they are inside the building as well. And so when a group of people attack a building with all of this community inside, um, what was their intent? And how far were they prepared to go? And were they in fact some sort of terror? You know, were they terrorists? Well, I think really interesting going, dilemma to discuss. Yeah, going back to your thoughts on Emily Cochran, who you know was reporting from inside of the Capitol building while it was happening in that daily podcast episode, it was terror in her voice. So a terrorist, you know, aims to incite terror. She was terrified, and I guess the difference uh-huh. between, say, if it was Canberra, we don't have automatic weapons in our community. Um, at easy access. You know, once those people went through and there was no guarantee that any of them didn't have assault weapons, you could just hear the terror in her voice that at any second this could turn into a a mass shooting. I thought that was what... They didn't actually outright say it, but at one point she said, and I realised that the chair I was hiding behind is basically just like a bleacher from a, you know, a gym kind of thing that would provide no protection. No coverage. She was like, literally, I am flat on the floor right now talking into her her recorder whilst realising there was nothing to offer them protection if someone opened fire. Well, it's just, and it's a one. It's a it's a tourism one hundred and one course for any uh, any um, enemy of future current or future enemy of the US who decides um, they want to make a political statement yeah. and um, conduct an act of terrorism. Hey, there's the Capitol building. Yeah. Let's go for it. You know. Yeah. But um, I went to Washington uh, years ago, Jane. This is a very beautiful um, building and setup. It's very regal, and although it lacks the centuries of uh, the, you know, the sort of the, um, of history of, say, 
the home of democracy in England and the Houses and Parliament and so on. This is nonetheless an old and sacred building and it has a, it has a gravitas about it. And to see those people um, treating it with contempt, for me it was a symbol. It wasn't just a building they were trashing, it was actually they were trying to trash the home of democracy. And um, I, I don't know how America comes back from this in terms of its reputation in the world. Um, it's a big, big, big job for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and their team to rebuild this. It's really, it, it was just a terrifying day. And of course, Florence, you know, <laughs> well, she was asleep for most of it. But, um, but as Will said, when he woke up, you know, this is a day that Florence will never forget. And I said, well, I think she might. <laughs> You'll really never aware. let her forget it. I must say, um, Corrie, no, I don't know, advice maybe for potties who do have younger um, people's possibly not you know, nine-day-old babies. But I did actually, Huey heard something on the, the 774 News this morning. So before I left work, I quickly said, look, here it is. I turned on CNN. I showed him a little bit of footage and I just said, I want you to know, because you're going to hear about this probably today, but this this the next two days will be possibly one of the most important political times in your life. You know, I'm thinking up there with JFK getting shot and, you know, Whitlam getting <laughs> ousted. It's, it's like it really did have that sense today that, yeah, you need to let people know about this in your life. I know Carrie bags you, Corrie, because, you know, we've kind of, it's been a long four years of podcasting with Trump in the background, but really, this has kind of proven all of those things you've been so alert well, you to. Know, I, I, have, I, have, I have absolutely no sense of feeling smug about this at all, and um, you know, and the, and the first person I kind of text when it was after 6am yesterday, uh, to just yeah. say, turn on CNN, that's all I said. Um, we were talking later, uh, you know, she reminded me that she called me, it was before mobile phones, she called me on September 11 or 12 oh. as it was here in Melbourne and said to me, turn on the television now oh, that night of um, 9-11. So, you know, the sort of the, the old journos are kind of alive and well inside of us. You recognise a good story, but it was, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty amazing day to be watching it in real time. And I know that I've said this before on the podcast, Jane, that, the Trump administration, it is living history. You know, this will make the Nixon administration and the Watergate scandal look like a teddy bear's picnic. But really, yesterday and today's follow-up um, and the next 14 days, what happens before uh, Joe Biden um, is confirmed as the president? It's just going to be fascinating. So, yeah, it's a, it's a big summer news story. <laughs> well, I tried not to interrupt you, Corrie, because you are on holidays. We're having a little break. We've got some great bonus episodes um, coming up that we've recorded over summer, including a great chat with Jock Sarong and also Michael Clayton and our mate Jeff Slattery. So look forward to that, Potty. Right. Corrie, a really yeah. quick tip for anyone who's like been on the periphery just going, I can't deal with it. We've had COVID. We'd all, you know, sometimes I just cannot deal with it and I can't look at the internet international news, what would you be sort of your top three go-tos um, if you want to get up to date fairly quickly and have a fairly good sense that you're getting a relatively balanced opinion? Look, I think uh, people do have a bit of a crack at CNN, you know, that they're um, a bunch of um, democratic, uh, you know, um, sympathisers. I, I always think their news service is pretty fair at times like this. And it's incredibly accurate, and they have an amazing team of reporters, particularly working the Washington beat. So I would say CNN, if you don't have access to uh, pay TV or you don't get the CNN app, I would suggest um, also the Washington Post. Now, there's uh, there are firewalls, but I think some coverage is free. But I do really think also 
paying for good journalism, even if it's just for a week or a month or something while this is happening, is not such a bad thing at all. And um, Jane, I would just suggest podcasts as well. And, and you mentioned the New York Times, The Daily, which is exceptional. The Washington Post also has its own, um, I think it's weekly, but at the moment they're filing obviously pretty much every day. Um, so that's the Washington Post one. Yeah, so, and then if you want a completely left-wing Democrat view of the world, Pod Save America, you know, the boys are absolutely up in arms about this. So, um, yeah, that's probably what I would say, Jane. But, um, look, happy news. A few potties have asked me, you know, what was the outcome with the grandchildren? I'm happy to say, gosh, it was a busy time, everyone. As you can imagine, on the 22nd of December, Max Spear was born in Ballarat and he came out just perfect, beautiful and wonderful. And then on the 26th, on Boxing Day, Florence Elizabeth Carter was born and she is also bonnie, bright and fabulous. So we have a little boy and a girl four days apart. There was a little bit of Christmas trading there, Jane, for me in the bookshop <laughs> up and back to Ballarat Road. But, um, yeah, so I just thought I'd let everyone know that too. So all good here. Wonderful. And Florence getting that infusion of not only cuddle and skin time but uh, US politics as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. She, she said to me, how do you become a journalist, Mop? So I just want to be part of the action. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Corey. Um, really Thanks, appreciate Jamie. it. And we'll love Yeah, and, ha- and ha- happy new year to you and to all of our potties. And we'll be back next week after this little special update uh, with another great bonus summer episode. Thanks, Gory. See you, Jane. And, of course, thanks to our show sponsors, Click for Vic. You can order from local producers, local businesses, support all the fantastic makers, artisans and businesses in Victoria. Get the best of Victoria delivered at visitvictoria.com forward slash click for Vic and let us know about your favourite Victorian recommendations Send us an email, feedback at don'tshootpod.com.au.